the Washington Commanders keep their draft spot as they lose to the Los Angeles Rams 28 to 20. It's time for reckoning. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the day after reckoning here on ref the district. I'm Nathan Perry back in the seat here. Hopefully that lasts all week. I've got my man stoner this way right here as well to break the game. The day after Washington commanders have finished their game. We like to sleep on it, watch the replay, see what it is. Sometimes not watch the replay when it's a bad one. Hmm. But we do want to take a look at the game in totality and what it means for the Washington Commanders. They dropped this one 28 to 20 against the Rams. Some several baffling decisions down the line as well. We'll talk all about that as we've got our list here. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see exactly what we plan to talk about. So you want to make sure you stay tuned for all of that. If you're watching or if you're listening to this on our, your favorite audio platform, just make sure you give us a rating review. It helps other people find us. And you also might want to head over to Bet Online as all the major sports are off in action this week. College football ready to kick off here shortly as well. Bet Online, your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, news for pro football, NBA, upcoming fights, NHL games this season. Head to the website today or pull it up on your phone as there is a mobile mobile app. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And here at Ref the District, we do like to remind you to bet responsibly as well. You and I, Stoner, in uh, a survivor pool, yes. put our lives on our, our, our survivor series on a... Uh, on action here and put it with the the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams. A little bit of traders, a little a bit, little bit. Just, uh, a lot we, of it. We just did not really have faith in this team right now. As to be honest, even coming out of the bye week, this team looks checked out. I don't think that they're playing as hard as they can. And even though they did fight back in the fourth quarter. You know, Jacoby Brissett comes in, Sam Howell's benched, and they start putting up points, and then you see some excitement, and you see the players, because we say this all the time, right? Players don't tank. Right. The players are not going out there to tank. Uh, however, tanking does come from the top, and it's starting to trickle down a little bit, because there was some questionable decision-making by Ron Rivera on the clock management side, where it was just kind of like, and we've seen this the last couple of games, actually, mm. where there's no urgency from the commander's offense when they're down just a score or two and it's like within reach and we see them just kind of plodding along there mm -hmm. and it seems very frustrating and we hear it in the players you know you know the conversations they have with media it seems like they are just kind of like you know we're here in the motion you hear it from montez sweat who's just like who says that the team is just waiting to finish the season so mm -hmm. my question stoner to you is mm -hmm. has the team checked out this this is going to be a very controversial statement, but I'm sorry, Nathan. The team has not checked out. The team is just not very good. But have that's they checked not out? Not controversial. They're bad. Yeah, team. that's not, that part's not very controversial that they're not very good. But no, they haven't checked out. They haven't 
stopped playing hard for this coaching staff. They know what's at the end. They they know there's no rainbow at the or there's no pot of gold at the end of the rain. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. I'm going to get a cliche right here sooner or later, but there's just, there's nothing really to play for other than professional pride and uh, their next contract, whatever uh, sort of situation they're in with their contract. They haven't checked out. They're still playing hard, but have they one, they're not good enough. And two, is there something maybe in the back of their head where they're saying, where it's telling them that, you know, don't give full effort just because, you know, what's there to play for. There might be some of that, but have they said, I I don't like playing for Ron Rivera. I don't believe that. And you won't, you won't be able to convince me of that because none of those comments are coming out from the coaches. Sure. Montez said it, but that's because he's on another team and another team that happens to be winning. And that just kind of comes with the territory. So no, I don't think that they are checked out. They're just not good enough right now. And on every play, you have to have 11 guys all with the same focus and make no mistakes on those plays. And if you just one guy makes a mistake, then then it screws everything up. And that has happened a lot yesterday. You see some good things from so many guys, and then one player makes a mistake, and it all falls apart. I don't believe they're checked out, Nathan. I'm sorry. I know people want to use that as a convenient excuse but I don't see it. They played hard. They fought to the very end. They're doing what the coaches are telling them to do in terms of when you get that final drive or final couple of drives there at the end, and they're just being very lackadaisical. It's not because they're checked out. It's because the coaching staff is not giving them the proper instruction Mm -hmm. to get the plays going. So no, they're not checked out. Sorry. You're not going to be able to convince me of that. You're not going to be able to convince me that Terry McLaurin is checked out and he's not playing hard for his coach. That's exactly what I was going to go to next there as you would never be able to convince anybody that Terry McLaurin's checked out when he Mm -hmm. is going across the middle and getting walloped by linebackers because the ball's coming in late. Or how about that magnificent non-catch where he's being interfered with and it looks like he almost hand caught the ball. That's we'll right. Point that out. There's several hand catches. Terry's been catching a lot of hate. And I get, I came out and I said, Terry McLaurin is probably a wide receiver to going forward and they could use a playmaker, but make no mistake about it, guys. He's still a quality wide receiver. And he showed that in the game, despite I, some uh, lack of effort on some others. And I wish I was here for that conversation with you, Nathan, because as much grief as i've given terry mclaurin over the years and saying he's not a top 10 guy he is wide receiver he is a wide receiver one i'm sorry are there better wide receiver ones 100 percent. are there other guys you wish you had in there or maybe you could get a different guy in there and be better of course but he's still a wide receiver one and can be for this team in the right system with the right coaching with the right quarterback with the right play calling with the right offensive line, all of those put together. He's wide receiver one. Everybody just all of a sudden wants to say Terry's lost a step. Terry's hurt. Terry has a bad, uh, uh, he's, he's a hand, he's a body catcher now and he can no longer. He's always been a body catcher. That's all bull crap. He is wide receiver one and he will be wide receiver one. Hopefully when they put all this stuff together, I just want to dispel that rumor or not rumor that sort of narrative that's out there. 
he's not AJ Brown, but he's also not uh, T Higgins. Sure. To Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. he's not. He is a number one wide receiver. That and then when you look at his numbers at the end of the year, they're going to be the same that they've always been. He can get separation, folks. Sorry. He, they have offenses just been struggling the last few weeks and they all want to say, well, Terry's washed. He's in year five for crying out loud. And he's back on track to get a thousand yards. We did true or false on the Wednesday show you were out for. Mm-hmm. And most people did come back and myself included when I put it down, because it was like he needed like 75 or 80 yards a game to per get game, to yeah. Uh, a thousand and we're like uh, i don't know if that's going to happen of course he just put up goose eggs now he puts up 143 now right. to do that he did yeah. need a little help here as sam howell was benched for mm. jacoby Brissett. you sir hate that decision hate that it. ron rivera and eric the enemy turned to the vet to try to get that game competitive or rather as ron rivera put it to protect sam it just drives me nuts when he when he says things like that in his press conference you know they're going to ask you you know the reason that you benched him is because he sucked he was terrible this game that interception that he threw trying to get the ball to mclaurin when Mm. he's got a wide receiver or or running antonio gibson right open right in front of him he Mm. won't take the easy play and he throws across his body into the middle of the field which he's done five or six times this year and gotten away with it which mm-hmm. probably says in his head, I can get away with it again. He was benched because he sucked in this game. That's why he was benched. And I wish Ron Rivera would say he was playing piss poor football and I'm trying to win a football game for John Allen and Deron Payne and Cam Curl and on and on and on. We're trying to get out there and fight and scrap and win. That's why I benched his ass. However, having said that, you don't bench Sam Howell, period, the rest of this year. Let me ask you a question, Nathan. Who who should Washington draft at, let's say they have the third pick? Who should they draft right now? Say it. Who? I, I don't have a name. I haven't looked at them, but I'm going to tell you this. It's going to be a okay. QB. Okay. It's going to be a QB. I know, I know a you lot of people still want to back Sam Howell, and I and I like the guy. I was I was the one beating the drum for him right. all year long, but I don't know what's I think maybe is it the shell shock? Is it the David Carr experience where he's just Mm. been on his backside so much that he no longer trusts what's in front of him and he's rushing and he's, you know, he has success with off schedule stuff. So is he defaulting to that now? There's just not enough good play. He had one wow throw, one throw last game, this game against the Rams where you said, okay, this guy is an NFL quarterback. One and and he had 26 attempts to do so, right? And it's just asking you that, Nathan, is because you say quarterback, a lot of people say quarterback, a lot of people say not quarterback, tackle is probably the second most sure. uh, Build up the offensive line, you build through the trenches. Yeah, the point is, we don't know yet. We don't know yet if Sam Howell is the guy. And when I say we, some fans think they know. That's fine. You can have your opinion. But whoever is the front office in this offseason, whoever they decide to hire, they have to decide that's the number one decision that this organization has 
after they get their GM and coach, is Sam Howell the guy? And you don't do that by bringing Jacoby Brissett in in the fourth quarter, regardless of how bad Sam is playing. He wasn't getting beat up out there. He wasn't getting sacked one time at a couple of runs where he wasn't beat up. He wasn't hit that often. So you're not protecting him. That's a bunch of crap. That's why I don't like that he said that. Yeah, four QB hits registered in the box score, by the way. He should. Los Angeles Rams. He should get every single snap the rest of this year, barring injury. And even if he's banged up, he should still get every snap. You have to decide if he's your guy and then plan accordingly. In free agency, what are you going to go after? In the draft, what are you going to go after? And it all depends on if Sam Howell's the guy. So that's why I don't like the benching. I appreciate that Ron was trying to win the game and that he was holding Sam accountable and saying, you've been sucking this whole game. And that was a stupid ass throw that you threw over the middle, but I need, we all need to see Sam. And that's why Sam is going to be the quarterback for the last three weeks, but don't bench him. Don't bench him. It is the second game that he was benched in the fourth quarter are we you say that he's going to start these last three games? Mm-hmm. Is the faith not there? Because you got to remember Ron Rivera's he's done, right? Eric Bienemy though is still auditioning for a head coach job or sure. at the very minimum an offensive coordinator job outside of Kansas City. He might end yeah. up back in Kansas City he just might. because they've had some woes and they've been talking about how hey, Eric Bienemy, coach Bienemy was the guy who instilled all this you know, you know, minor stuff that, you know, we wish we had right now because we're making dumb mistakes. Maybe he goes back there and he helps them fix it. And then he gets a head coaching job, but I know he wants an opportunity to be a head coach now. So is this putting in Jacoby Brissett, the coaching staff saying, Hey, we need to work with something that shows that we know what the heck we're doing because Sam Howell has not been the guy. In fact, he's been rather bad for the last few weeks here. And I believe I have a um, stat here and I'm going to credit at we want Dallas for this on Twitter since week 10, November 13th, Sam Howell ranks as the third worst in QB rating, the fourth Mm -hmm. worst in yards per attempt and the second worst in EPA plus CPO EAEOE nerdy stat. Uh, but one that indicates, you know, how effective a quarterback is. Sam Howell's been bad. bad. And we keep coming up with excuses for him, Stoner. Oh, he needs an offensive line. Oh, it's the coaches. Oh, it's this. I, I don't put excuses on it. Sam Howell's just been bad. When you watch him play, he's mm-hmm. not been good. There's been some good aspects, but there's been bad aspects. So how much of this is Sam Howell's just bad and we need a good QB to come in to show that we know what the hell we're doing. Mm -hmm. So they play Jacoby Brissett in the fourth quarter, because like I said, they're trying, they were trying to win that game. Maybe, maybe not because they had some very poor clock management back there. And they, they were, you know, doing some awful, stupid decisions, not like, Mm -hmm. you know, benching Jalen hurts type decisions, but they were making some bad decisions there. So how much is this is Eric Bieniemy needs to show that his offense does work, which it did work earlier in the season. They were putting up some points, but Sam Howell having bad time these last few weeks and now all of a sudden the offense doesn't work. 
I don't know. It's just so hard to be able to place blame on where the blame should go because I don't think it's any one thing. I don't think it's Eric Bieniemy fully. I don't think it's Sam Howell fully. I don't think it's the offensive line fully. It's just a combination of those things. And maybe Bieniemy was just like, yeah, we need to put Brissett in there because I need to show I'm not the idiot everybody thinks I am and that I can design an offense and design plays that gets people open here. I'll show you with a competent quarterback. And that's what they did with Jacoby Brissett, but that's a little bit selfish, right? On Eric Bieniemy's part, he's trying to make him build himself up better at the expense of being able to see Sam Howell, you know, more reps, more reps, more reps. But I just don't know where the blame lies in all of this, this whole season, or at least let's just say the last four weeks. Because he had a three-week run where run there where he was fantastic, was where good. he was awesome, where he was, you know, player of the month worthy. Had you saying he was him? I right, I had done a one eighty, but now I sit there and I watch him. And I go, what happened? Has ha, has he got enough on tape now where defenses have been able to figure him out? Is he, as you put it, is he just sort of shell shocked from the David Carr syndrome where he's just getting? beat up week after week after week or is he just not unable to process what should be open and making the certain plays as we talked about on that great throw the wild throw that he had to terry mclaurin when he was escaping the pocket if he had just stood there and saw that jonathan williams who was going in motion and the linebacker was getting tied up you know in the mix there in the mesh right in across the line of scrimmage that he was going to be able to turn up field and there was no safety over there. And it would just been a simple, easy walk in touchdown, walk in touchdown. But instead he can't process that mm-hmm. for whatever reason, whether he's unable to process it, he's not coached to process it, whatever the reason he's not doing it right now. And every time he goes back to pass right now, I get Carson Wentz vibes from last year, which is, I don't think anything's good is going to happen. Whereas during that three week stretch, I had Kirk cousin vibes where it was something good is going to happen downfield may not win the game overall, but the quarterback is going to look good. He's going to put up numbers and make plays, but, uh, but it's just become a Carson Wentz situation where every time he drops back, I'm thinking either nobody's going to be open. He's going to make a bad decision an inaccurate throw. He's going to, um, jump out of the pocket when there's no pressure, which I saw him do a few times. A lot of times. A lot of times. And I just don't know what's going on with it. And and it's, and it's frustrating. And now I've gone from, it's ridiculous to think that Sam Howell is the man to thinking Sam Howell is him to now I'm back to where I'm like, I don't see it. And if these last three games, if he continues on the same path, let's, let's draft Jaden Daniels. And see what happens. Ooh, going with Jaden Daniels, a very popular name as of late. But Sam Howell is the quarterback. I've seen at least one poll stoner that mm-hmm. has fifty percent of the fan base hoping Sam Howell will be the starter in twenty twenty four. For that yeah. to happen, you said that he's got these three games to prove he's the guy. The way he's playing ain't going to cut it. So what does he have to do these last three games to show you he should be QB one in twenty twenty four? He's got to be able to make these decisions in the pocket and be able to throw guys open, understand what the defense is doing, and make the proper throws. We saw him with late throws, with uh, bad decisions, throwing 
uh, inside instead of outside, uh, not throwing to certain guys, not taking certain checkdowns when they're there for him, um, throwing medicine balls. He had the medicine ball to Terry that was late, number one, and number two threw it towards the linebacker so that Terry had to go right into the line. And, And that play that was not intercepted, that should have been intercepted to McLaurin, which was a, a too deep look. He had the corner in front, he had the safety behind, and he threw it, just kind of threw it up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And the corner, who made a really nice play on it but didn't intercept it, actually took it away from the safety who was sitting here like this, like waiting for waiting it. Waiting for it to enter his bread basket. And and there's just so much like that. We we have to see him. He doesn't have to put up gaudy numbers. Mm-hmm. He just has to show a competency of the offense, regardless of whose offense it is. And that's just what we need to see to be able to determine if he is the guy next year. And again, he could go out there these next three games and be awesome for these next three games and still not be the guy because whoever is going to be making those decisions might just say, Sam's not the guy. Or they might even look at it and say, this is Sam Howell going into three year three of a four-year contract. I'd rather start with a rookie in year one of a five-year contract, potentially five-year contract, and rather build it that way. There's so many variables to what's going to happen with Sam Howell in the offseason in the quarterback situation that we just don't know. Well, and we won't know probably until, gosh, probably May when the, the draft, draft comes around. Yeah, the draft is definitely going to be the one where we finally decide whether or not he's the QB of 2024. Yeah, and might be. That's a long time away. We will get there. For me, Sam Howell, and I put this in the play-by-play yesterday, He's got to show us more wow plays than mm. more oh no plays. Yeah. Okay. And lately we've seen a lot more oh no plays than we've seen oh, wow yeah. plays. And right. when I say wow plays, I'm not talking like I love the runs that he's done. And then he's like, he's showing some tenacity and whatnot. Those are hard to duplicate. Okay. If he can show me wow plays with his arm, the ball, think about the ball placement, the Denver game to Terry McLaurin over three defenders into the end zone. Those are the plays we need to see more of, right? We need to see these, these darts and these, these balls get into these windows where you're like, wow, we've got something. And he showed that early in the year, not showing it now. And it's really, really hurting his ability to be the QB for the future of this franchise. Yeah. Uh, and he's certainly not doing Eric B any favors either. Now I'm, we talked a little bit about EB here in the context of, does he have any say of trying to put Jacoby Brissett in to maybe save his bacon, but Eric B offense for how many weeks in a row now has failed to live up to the standards. Now you mm-hmm. dive into the pass versus run scenario, sure. Washington, not exactly great on the ground. This game, 21 rushes for 79 yards. Three of those were Sam Howell rushes for 22 yards. Mm-hmm. Where are you with his, his offense now that you've seen it with Jacoby Brissett and it looked pretty good. Okay, there were wide receivers that were open. Terry McLaurin puts up his first 100-yard game with Jacoby Brissett at you know at the helm, just in not even a full fourth quarter. Do you think that Eric Bieniemy's offense is legit, and that maybe he should continue with Washington, or have you seen enough of it to know like if he can't get it done with Sam Howell, then 
Washington should move on. The pass to run ratio, which is baffling to me, and and how week after week that bears out to be so pass heavy, is probably only about a twenty percent factor in the success of an offense. There's so much more that goes into an offense other than just pass run ratio or run pass ratio. So, but that's a part of it, and I still think that he's he he just thinks pass way too much first four plays of the game pass 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 and the first three passes of course were a three and out on your first drive when you get it to start the game that's a part of it what i'm not sophisticated enough is to understand what sort of offense he's designing to get guys open downfield what sort of run plays that he's calling to uh to maximize Chris Rodriguez's talents, if you will, or Gibson's talents, uh, or Jonathan Williams, and so on and so on. But what all you have to do is look across the line of scrimmage and watch the Rams offense. Now, look, it's run by a Hall of Fame quarterback. Matt Stafford's a Hall of Famer. First ballot, lock, no doubt about it. When he won the Super Bowl, that that, that sealed the deal. Him. Yeah, sure. Right. But all you have to do is watch them and watch how he watch how Sean McVay creates open guys. Every single play, there's a guy in motion in his offense. Mm -hmm. Does that mean you have to have a guy in motion to be a successful offense? Of course not. But it creates so many problems for the defense. And all you have to do, what they were doing so much of, is just running Puka Nakua. Uh, in motion, and then Stafford gets the snap and throws it out to him out in the flat one-on-one. You got four yards, five yards. It's like an extended run play that we talk about with these these quick throws. But there's always somebody in motion, and it creates these mismatches. When Cooper Cup caught the 62-yard touchdown, he was in motion. He just kept right on going, confused the defense. Whoever was supposed to have him didn't have it. Then you have a quarterback who's smart enough to be able to see and then put it right on him with the perfect pass to a guy wide open down the side. So it's a combination of so many different things. It's not as easy just to say Eric Bieniemy is not a good offensive coordinator. He hasn't been good this year, but that's not to say that he's not a good offensive coordinator. I don't want him anywhere near my coaching staff next year, but that doesn't mean he's a bad offensive coordinator. Yeah, so it's just it's just hard to predict all these things when you have – 11 guys on every single play that have to do everything right in order for an, a play to be successful. And mm-hmm. Washington hasn't done that enough. And it goes on Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator. You mentioned the motion. Motion is very much up in the NFL right now, just because that pre-snap mm-hmm. motion can tell you a lot about the defense. And that was something I was watching yesterday in the game was when did Eric Bieniemy call for a motion? And there, there was a few plays where I saw, and then St. Louis, I keep calling the St. Louis Rams. I owe two dollars. <laughs> I know the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams, their defense didn't move, and so it was kind of interesting to see because normally that's supposed to tell you something, and then maybe so it goes back to Sam Howell not being able to read there, and and kind of was interesting to me is one of those times it was the running back in motion. I can't remember if it was Gibson or Williams that went in motion and then came back to Sam Howell and like grabbed Sam Howell to like 
this is what I saw type deal. Like t- they they were absolutely locked in the eyes and being like, okay, this is mm-hmm. this is what we're gonna go with and trying to help out the the young QB there. So it was nice seeing Terry McLaurin run open when Jacoby mm-hmm. Brissett was there. And I don't know if those are different play calling. I I, I haven't looked at the all 22. I haven't seen, you know, to compare to previous games to see are is this a different play call? You know, yeah. obviously it's the same players out there. And of course, Jacoby is a different QB. He's taller. He He's a vet. Tara McLaurin talked a little bit about that and how they have kind of, a, even though they haven't had snaps together, which is normal for your backup not to get first uh, team reps. But the fact that Jacoby Brissett's a vet and Tara McLaurin a vet is something that Terry talked about in the post-game presser mm-hmm. of just saying like, hey, we have something here. You know, we're going to try to help Sam grow and develop but it was just kind of we have this connection because jacoby's been there done that and i've been in the league and i've done that and i Mm -hmm. think that that's part of how this offense actually started moving is because things make more sense and i think that if eric binami had a non first year starter qb had somebody who had more experience this offense might have looked more like those games where we were happy with the outcome and less like these games as of late that have been abysmal. It's going to be mm-hmm. tough sledding for both Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howe coming up because they're, they're playing against some strong defenses to close uh, out the season. All three of them are are very strong defenses. And so it'll be nice to see if if there's at least a glimmer of hope for either of them because, like you, I do think Eric Bieniemy can be a good coach in this league. I oh, don't 100%. necessarily want to see him here. Right. Um, and and that's nothing more than he's had his year here, and I want a fresh start with the coaching regime. So if the GM deems it the new GM, because Marty's got to go, then because the house is going to get cleaned and, and Eric Bamey's here, I'm not going to be upset because I still think that there's there's promise with what EB brings to town. But I'm just looking for a clean slate. So, oh, 100%. But, but he has shown there's definitely some things in there that you're just like, this is this is good. And would like to see him a little bit more often and would like to see those fourth and one shotgun plays a little less. Lots of trouble in the red zone this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stoner, where they just kept moving backwards. And we uh, there's a fantastic comment. I'm sorry, I don't remember who who said this, but you and your instant reaction kind of railed a little bit about uh, not going for two at the end. And I don't think uh, I did though. I think somebody called me out for that, but I didn't rail it because I'm against that. Yeah. Normally you are. And so the comment was great. They they couldn't get there, you know, in the goal line, they couldn't make it. What do you think they're going to do with a, you know, at the one yard line, they can't punch it in. What are they going to do at a three, the three yard line? So, but it was a fantastic comment because they do still struggle in a lot of areas, and mm-hmm. Washington's going to have to do a lot there to improve. That that being said, Stoner, not all mm-hmm. was bad as we get to our go goes and no goes. Now there were positives in this game, so I am going to end with the go goes because okay. we want to end on something positive yeah. here in this section. So we're going to start with the no goes, and I'm going to I'm going to. Take one out right away. We're going to add some insult to injury. He's going to be a universal no-go. He's right. so much a no-go stoner. He is no longer on the team no-go. <laughs> he, he no-gone. He As, no longer on the team. Yeah. 
he's uh no no go out there for the commanders anymore and that's cameron cheeseman being cut by the washington commanders today and it was interesting to me i, was, I always look at the words that have people use because i the like i'm a public affairs person a public relations guy okay so words have meaning yeah and when you when you when you how you put it is kind of interesting he wasn't waived, you know, he was he was just straight released. And I don't know if there's technical terms for it, but it's kind of I tell people all the time, I'm looking forward to seeing the message at the end of the season for Ron Rivera. Did they mutually part ways? Did they do this? So it's just interesting to me. They went with the he was released. Ron Rivera yesterday during the press conference said we're going to evaluate. The evaluation's done. He's gone. Who knows who they're bringing in? They just know that Cameron Cheeseman, not the guy. He Which, has had so many bad snaps this so year. Many. And this time he nearly got Tressway killed. And you yep. know I will not stand for that. That's right. And then that that extra point there at the end that he yes. dribbled back as well and ended up the kick being blocked. Yeah, I was surprised that that somebody was on me about, about the going for two because I mentioned it, but I was not for it. But let me just say this. This is going to sound really dumb maybe or just out there they should not have cut cam cheeseman today they should not have done that and here's why who's the new long snapper they don't have one yet as far as I yeah see. yeah yeah this this <laughs> feel this is dustin hopkins they did, from last year they did try out five long snappers earlier okay. this season uh, right. i think nikki J put out that three of them are still available now i think well technically yeah i think she said they tried out three and two are available but semantics whatever there's a bunch of uh, long snappers out there the point is you don't cut a guy until you have until you're confident that you have somebody who's better than him it's like the with the dustin hopkins situation last year or two years ago i think it was they cut dustin hopkins without having a kicker ready and then they ended up having to just get the guy from uh, ACDC, Brian Johnson, who came in there and was kicking it into the back of the offensive lineman. You can't do it until you're ready, ready for the replacement. Sure. And now they're going to bring in some guy off the street. Who's got leverage by the way. Oh, uh, you really need me. Well, maybe I'm not ready to go there or whatever, but you know what I'm saying? Yes. You have to cut Cameron Cheeseman. You don't cut him until you have his replacement. It's idiotic to just cut him, and here we are, and we have no idea who's going to be the long snapper. What if they bring in five guys, like you said, and they're all terrible? Well, they were apparently terrible earlier because they didn't beat out Cameron Cheeseman yeah. uh, before. By the way, yeah. you tried correcting me on the spot about oh. what was said. I It wasn't three. In no, I, my memory might be going, Stoner. Yeah. But I remembered this one, Nikki J's tweet here. The commanders worked out five long snappers after week two. Three of them, Tucker Addington, Rex Sonahara, and Bradley Robinson are still free agents. Boom, dropping Man, it. You nailed me I told that. you. I told you I knew what I was talking <laughs> about there. The uh, I know ball stoner. I know ball. The uh, <laughs> Cameron right. Cheeseman, great guy. I think yeah. that he's been a wonderful personality for Washington. Mm-hmm. It was unfortunate that he was drafted, that not only was he drafted, but Washington moved up because there's a lot of animosity to him. And and understand my animosity right now is the fact that he got one of my favorite players. I literally have a Tressway jersey, folks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And seeing Tressway get pummeled. Yeah. 
is not what I want to see. Right? Right. I don't want to see a bad snap be what costs Tressway his career. All right. Sure. And it, and thankfully Tress came back out and was fine, but you like, there was some worry there. The guy went in, you know, Tress went into the blue tent. He went to the locker room and it was just like, you know, he's getting up there. He's in year nine. So he's got to make it to year 10. And he's got, he's one of the better punters in the league. And I've put mm-hmm. him as my go-go several times this year, just because he saved Cheeseman with all these bad snaps. But now Cheeseman's and I think out. you've, uh, and I think you've had Cheeseman at least once over the course of this year as your no-go for bat. It's not like this is a new thing this year. Week two, you've they been had on long snappers two, out right. there. Yeah. Weeks they've had, they've had, uh, They've known this is an issue and he knows, and it's been a problem. He's no longer with the team. I do wish him the best, but how is it? That's your only job. It's not like he's a center during the course of the game where he's got to do protections and he's every play. It's a run play. It's a pass play. And he's going out there. He's hitting it. That's all he does. That's his only thing to snap it on extra points slash field goals and snap it to the punt. That's it. It can't be that hard, Nathan. And yet it's he a, can't do it. I don't know. Bill Belichick went on t- a 10 minute rant when somebody asked him and uh, the detailed history of why long snapper is its own specific uh, position. So I'm going to go with yeah. Bill on this one, that it is something that is difficult and it takes a specialized talent to do it. And Cheeseman was that specialized talent. He was good enough to get drafted. He says this year he did not change how he snapped. I thought he said he did change it. He or no, that's right. He said he did change it, but that wasn't the reason why the snap was mm. bad. That's what it was. Thank you for that. That was a correct correction, <laughs> right. Stoner. He did say yeah, yeah. that he changed it, but it wasn't the cause of those bad snaps. So I'm yeah. taking Cameron Cheeseman off of the no-go list for everybody. Because okay. he's a the universal, yeah. he's a universal no-go. And we needed yeah. to drop the information that he was released today by the commanders. We of course will update you on who they sign. Uh, during one of the daily commanders updates you can catch that tuesday thursday and friday or wednesday show we are live at 7 30 let's hear who your no-go is now that i've taken cameron cheeseman off the list yeah and this is a fairly easy one to me but it's a specific reason why i have uh coach ron rivera as my no-go on this one and again it's the number one sorry we got a cat uh, alert here uh number Rally one cat. Rally cat who didn't help at all yesterday. Well, helped to rally, but just didn't get to finish. Uh, number one, you you bench Sam Howell, which I think is an atrocious move to do. If you want to bench for a series, I would kind of be okay with that. But that was a thing. But that situation after the long throw to Terry, and it's been well documented all over socials about how long it took them to finally score. And it did take basically two series. But that wasn't the point that they had trouble getting it in from the one. The point is that there was no urgency. So you bring in Jacoby Brissett to give your team a spark and hopefully try to rally this team. And then when you get down to the one yard line, you're just you're casually huddling and you're taking the entire play clock to finally get a play in and and snap the ball. And that was atrocious to me. I was on the live play by play screaming at them. I said, you're down two scores. Why are we huddling? You have a first and goal at the one, Nathan. There are basically two outcomes when you have a run play. You either score or you get stuffed. There is no sort of, okay, how are we going to plan second down? Mm -hmm. It should be automatic what you know you're going to do on second down. 
It should be first down. Okay, you got stuff. Let's get back to the line. Here's the play. Same play, which I believe on second down, they ran the same play. Or it was a quarterback sneak, whatever it was. Why does it take so long to call that play? Why does it take 30 to 35 seconds to get that play call in? And it was infuriating me. And it was on second down. It was on third down. Mm -hmm. Then they got a new set of downs from the one. And it was the same thing. Where's the urgency down two scores in the fourth quarter when you've already said, you've already shown, I want to make a rally by bringing in a new quarterback and throwing deep, not bringing a new quarterback and give it to Chris Rodriguez, uh, handoff after handoff. We're throwing Mm -hmm. downfield. What was he, 8 of 10, 10 of 12, whatever Jacoby Brissett was, 8 of 12? I don't remember. He, he was 8 of 10, 124 yeah. yards to touchdowns. So you're, so you're saying, I'm bringing in a quarterback to rally this team. I'm throwing the ball. Yet when you get down to the goal line, the urgency has gone. And that infuriates. Is that, is that the tanking? Is that Ron Rivera tanking then, now because the direction was given to him? Because I'm telling you, I'm with then. you. I'm baffled by that decision. Because you're right. A lot of teams will go into a goal to go situation and they will have play one, play two, and play three decided. And then they will go, okay, where are we at now? Should we change it up? Or if one of those plays was a disaster, right? Then they might sit there and like, okay, let's rally, get a new play call because now we're not doing a one yard. We're doing a five yard because you got tackled, you know, right as I handed you. Exactly. So, I agree. It's baffling. And so it's bad on Ron Rivera and Ron Rivera absolutely deserves every bit of no go there. But my question remains, is that deliberate? Is it, is it, is why I, the only reason why I don't think it's deliberate, I'm going to take the tinfoil hat off now. Mm -hmm. Okay. The only reason why it's not deliberate is because Ron Rivera has been bad at clock management his entire tenure here in Washington. So why should it be any different now? Right. Because he's not been good at it before. So why all of a sudden would you expect him to be like, oh, this is a really smart coach here and great clock management. No. How many times have we yelled at him for clock management? But, but also just the proof in the game that they're not kind of tanking it on that last part is that you are throwing down the field. Sure. 10, 10 well, times and two drives. A- absolutely. Once Jacoby Brissett came in, and the, this is from uh, Ian Hartsitz, by the way, in two drives with Jacoby Brissett, Terry McLaurin gained 93 yards and caught a touchdown while also being tackled at the one-yard line on another bomb. And the uh, right. previous 13 games with Sam Howell, McLaurin's so, single game high in receiving yards was 90 and scored two touchdowns total in all the games with, with Sam Howell. So they so were that's they, not tanking. That's not taking it. That was right. trying to show you saw the fire in the players and the players were right. like, yeah, we're going after it. And I was getting excited too. I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's, let's show some fight. Let's scrap and, and fight and, and for see the what record, we can do. I know we picked the Rams in our mm-hmm. survivor pool, but that was just because it's smart money. Yeah. Um, and I would win. I would have. Yeah. It, it's a win-win. If Washington won, I wasn't going to lament the fact that we got knocked out in a $3,000 pool survivor pool. Mm-mm. Okay. I was going to be happy. My team won because that's, right. that, what, that's what brings me joy. That's right. It also doesn't Ooh. help that that 3000 goes into the ref, the district pockets and not, <laughs> not our own pockets, but I mean, yeah. it's, it, it's, it doesn't matter a win, a win, a win is a win. And I want wins. Washington, not really good enough there. Ron Rivera, not coaching well, ends up being Stoner's no-go. Make sure you let us know who your no-go is in 
the comment section if you're watching this on YouTube. You can always hit us up at Ref the District if you're listening to this on an audio platform. My no-go is going to be somebody who can't control the the game around him, but somebody who we are very hard on our high draft picks. And we we have been hard on this individual before and has ended up as a no-go on our, our day after reckonings before this year. But Jahan Dotson, as the number one pick for Washington last season, his sophomore slump continues. And, and, and I just don't get it. But, I mean, he was out there for 77% of snaps. He catches the one target for 12 yards. And like I said, he can't control everything. So this is this. Some people will probably yeah. tell me it's not fair because he got, he caught the one ball that came his way. But if you are out there for seventy seven percent of snaps, I, I like you are wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. Okay, why is the ball not getting to you? I don't know. What are you not doing? What is there's just too much going on. And and again, it might be unfair to him, but we have been hard on our number one picks for not performing. And Jahan Dotson continues to not perform for me. And this is a guy who I not only picked up in fantasy, but I picked <laughs> saying that this year might be the year that he pushes for wide receiver one. And he's it's not just, even wide receiver two. He's wide Curtis receiver Sam, three. Yeah, Curtis Samuel's wide receiver two in this Eric Benamy led yeah. offense. But Jahan Dotson just continues to baffle me as far as as his performances. It, in that same vein, Nathan is uh, they released Danny Johnson earlier this week, mm-hmm. earlier in the week, and said that they wanted to give the younger guys more playing time or whatever. And Emmanuel Forbes, I get it, he's coming off an injury, he had six defensive snaps. What sort of given your young guys playing time is that your first round draft pick? Are you going to tell me he wasn't out there for more than six plays because he's hurt? Well, then he shouldn't have been activated for the game if he was that hurt where he could only play six plays. If you're going to release a veteran, a guy who's stable, he's not great, he's fine. You sign him to a two-year contract. If you're going to do that because you want to play the young guys, then play the young guys. But that was obviously not the reason they let Danny Johnson go. Because six defensive snaps for your number one draft pick after you released his backup makes no sense to me. It's another one of those just head scratchers with the personnel decisions for this this, uh, management. Drives me crazy. Castro Fields also uh, not seeing any defensive snaps, and that'd be another young guy you'd think they want to see. Now, I will say Quan Martin played 75%, all of the defensive yeah. snaps. So maybe that's the young guy they were referring to and wanting to see more of as far as that's concerned, which is also disappointing that your second second round pick is yeah. outperforming your first round pick. And that leads us to an excellent Go go section here for us mm-hmm. again. Let us know your go go in the comment section, Stoner. I'm going to give it to you first since I did the universal one and squash that, and then uh, you know talked a little bit about my no go. But who do you have as your go go for this game? Because honestly, most games that are bad, we don't really have one. But I, this one, I feel like there's several good options. Yeah, and I think uh, Khalid Hudson stood out. He's he's mm-hmm. in the photo here in the graphic. Uh, I thought he stood out. He was all over the field. Uh, there was a couple of times where if he's in the middle and the play's up the middle, he's going to get run over. He's just too small to kind of be in the middle to make any sort of impact. But on the outside, he's running all over the place. He's flying all over the field. If that, if he had a number 52 
on his jersey, we'd be like, man, Jamin Davis is all over the field today. But it was Khalid Hudson, and he was. He had 14 tackles, I believe. Yep. Maybe eight solo. Eight, eight solo, one tackle for a loss. Yeah, he was all over the place, and he popped for me. So I have to give him some love. This is another one of those personnel decisions that he couldn't snip the field all year. Mm-hmm. And yet when he's out there, he seems to pop and make some plays. I don't know if he's a a guy going forward after this year. This might be year four for him, so it might be the end of the line here. And, in and he's been on and off the practice squad as well. Right. So it's, so this isn't I like he's been a backup. He's lost playing time to David Mayo, and that could yeah, be a Ron absolutely. Rivera thing. But, yeah. yeah, he he has shown a lot, and he's somebody who I liked when we drafted him and I wanted to see him. He is in that tweener kind of place mm-hmm. where he's – too big or too slow to be a safety but he's too mm-hmm. small to be a linebacker yes but absolutely. he does he flashes and he and he does a good job and i i don't think you can bulk him up he's he's too big he's too old now to really yeah. mess with his to size yeah. so you, you you're gonna get what you he get what he there, but mm-hmm. he definitely looked the part yesterday i liked what i saw the rams and mm-hmm. you know who else looked the part I mean, we just mentioned him but Quan martin he did Oh my goodness. What a turnaround for the young man. And I told people, give him time that the coaching staff was having him do too much. And they finally found a niche for him that he is performing so well. He is, in my opinion, the best outside blitzer Washington has. Yeah. Beats Cam Curl, beats Kendall Fuller, St. Juice, anybody you're bringing from the outside not as good as Quan Martin. He times that snap well. He's got a tackle for a loss in this game. He's just somebody who I think Washington with the right defensive coach next season is mm-hmm. going to flash and we're going to have shades of what we thought about Defoe last year. Derek Forrest kind of coming back and people in his, his second year missed the first year because of the injury and Derek Forrest looked like a legit free safety and somebody who you know, might be able to solidify that uh, that defensive backfield for us for years to go. Mm. And now we got Quan Martin here, who I think is going to be that guy. I think we're going to see a lot more flashes from him because he was good in coverage. He was good at, at blitzing. And I like seeing what he does. Now, when I say he's good in coverage, he still has some mental breakdowns there. Sure. But I think the whole defensive backfield does. But I do like what I'm seeing from Quan Martin. Yeah, absolutely, and it's and he play, he's playing differently, as you said. It is like a one eighty where at the beginning of the year he just looked lost out there and he didn't know where to be, and now it seems like he not only knows where to be, but he's he's going fast mm-hmm. on the plays because he knows where to be. So he's reacting to the play, or he's not reacting to the play. He's understanding the play ahead of time rather than reaction and instinct are at an all-time high yeah and you see his confidence out there Mm -hmm. uh he had one of the forced fumbles on a peanut punch which was fantastic i don't remember who had the other forced fumble uh but i i'm pretty sure he had the first one on kyron williams and oh yeah because it was saint juiced i believe who had the second one he just kind of pulled at kyron williams arm which was a bad fumble for them but they forced a couple of turnovers. So defensively, like you said, they gave up 28 points, but they did some good things. They stopped them on a couple of drives, forced a field goal on one, uh, forced a missed field goal on another, had two takeaways. So they did some good things, but you still gave up 28 points. 
you can just, win if you give 28 points. It's not great. The, not it, very often. The, but yeah. the, fact, the fact that we're, we're, we're praising a defense that gave up 28 <laughs> yeah. points that had an egregious, uh, you know, play where cup is just running free. Uh, like yeah. there's definitely some bad things, but uh, there's, I think some good things here in this game. So I'm excited to see who people can list as their go-go, especially if it's different than ours. Mm -hmm. Let's push this Rams game a little bit to the side here as we get into our final thoughts. Washington has three games coming up. Stoner, the jets on Christmas Eve, new year's Eve with the 49ers and then Dallas to close it out. This yeah. Rams game honestly looked like the one that they might be able to kind of sneak a win away because the Rams, despite having a better record, you mentioned it several times, they went into this game with only two more wins than Washington. Their offense was explosive, but Washington held them to 28 points. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be a much tighter game. The Jets, that could be a game Washington could sneak in and win as well, but that defense is legit and Washington's offense has been struggling. So. Where can we go here? What are your final thoughts here on this Rams game as we head into the final three games of the season? My final thoughts to this is is I'm kind of mad at Coach Rivera for again for that decision to bench Sam and bring in Jacoby just because it brings up another layer that we have to look at and talk about and everything. I was just so focused right here on these last four games, now three games, of seeing what Sam Howell can do. Is he the guy going into the offseason? But now you have this distraction of the Jacoby Brissett situation. I know Ron said, look, there's no controversy. Sam's our guy. But now it's in everybody's heads. You got to answer that. If if you're being asked, it's not great. That's right. And he's going to be asked today. He's Mm going to be asked tomorrow. He's going to be asked Wednesday, Thursday, Friday about the quarterback situation. When it gets towards the end of the week, it's going to be, if Sam struggles, are you going to pull him for Jacoby? You know, and it's just a distraction you don't need. And I just wanted to focus on the Jets, who, by the way, scored zero points yesterday and are still a three-point favorite against the Commanders. Then I wanted to be able to focus on Chase Young coming to town and what will Sam Howell do against a fantastic 49ers defense and Sam Howell, Bosa on those side, on, on each side. And then... Hopefully the game means something for the Cowboys at the end and we can go and we can beat them in week 18 like we did last year and head into the offseason with a good feeling. It didn't translate to a winning season this year, but at least you went into the offseason with a good feeling. Ooh, Sam played well. Ooh, we beat the Cowboys when they were trying to play for home field. This feels good. Let's take this undefeated in the preseason. Two, yeah. two, two, two and oh, this <laughs> This team started two and oh, Stoner. Right. They're four and ten now. But now here we are. We have to talk all about Jacoby Brissett and all this other stuff this week. So my final thoughts are I'm mad at Ron for for putting us in this situation now with, with Jacoby versus Sam. And now we have to start thinking about it this week, next week, to the end of the season, which I did not want to do. Yeah. I, I hear you, Stoner, and I understand it. But if if there's one thing I'll say about this, it's that Ron Rivera probably did a lot of people a little bit of a favor. Hmm. Benching Sam Howe this late into a lost season, which, by the way, Washington has officially been eliminated. Yep. Um, did Ron know? If, if, 
if if they're benching Sam Howell, and I get that we're going to get a new coaching staff and a new GM, and it's going to be their decision. But if they're benching, if you're if you're not good enough this late into the season, and you're getting benched by coaching staff on the way out the door, you now understand that Sam Howell is unfortunately not going to be the franchise quarterback. Hmm. I know that there's three games left. I know that we still want to see it. I believe that. I, I want to see more of Sam Howell, but if I'm at the point right now that if Washington spends their premier draft pick on a QB next year, because they're looking at picking top five, they're certainly mm-hmm. going to pick top 10. If they spend it on a QB, I'll go, yep, that makes sense. Because yeah. at this point, Sam Howell, for whatever the reasons that surround it, whatever excuses people want to put towards it, He got benched for the second time on a losing team because he wasn't good enough. He will have to absolutely play lights out for me to flip the switch here. I I was been a howler for most of the season. I started wavering right after that three game stretch where high praise was deserved, but I started nitpicking things and realizing, Hey, there's some things here that are, certainly a concern and then they've all come to fruition okay i'm not doing a victory lap i would love nothing more when when that poll came out i too voted that i hope sam howe is qb1 in 2024 because my hope is we do have our franchise quarterback that we can build around problem is if you're getting benched this late into the season on a four and ten team now in a meaningless game and a meaningless game you are not the answer Hate to say it, wanted it to be different. Loved seeing my man Terry go off. Really wished it would have been with Sam Howell, not Jacoby Brissett. But here we are, 4-10, and New York Jets coming up, Washington heading up to New Jersey to face them on Christmas Eve. We will be with our families that night, so there will be no play-by-play coming for you for that one. But we will have great content all week. I mentioned Daily Commanders update Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we'll have a game preview on Saturday. We'll also have our Wednesday live show. You make sure you come out and join us here on YouTube. It's a lot of fun chatting with us live as your comments do get put up and we discuss them. We will be discussing the Jets game and we'll see what that next topic is going to be there for the warm up. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the Stoner. We are Ref the District, part of the Believe Network and presented by Bet Online. Until next time, is Sam Howell the guy? Be a fan. Here we go.